You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. I'll tell you, I almost wasn't here this morning for you all. I took a fall last night. Had the dogs out late night because somehow I've been roped into the uh, the last walk of the night. Had the dogs out last night. Fell. Ice. Couldn't get up. Not because I'm not capable, because it was all ice around me. So it was, it was a wild scene. It was like a naked gun movie. I had to like slide myself to an ice-free zone, and I got up. Cut the hand, but you know what? Tough. Very tough. And I'm here this morning, and we're here for three full hours on 98.7 ESPN. So as you know, as it always is, the number 1-800-919-3776. Um... We have a lot to do. NBA trade deadline is now, what, five days away? Today's the fifth. It's on the 10th. So there you go, five days away. What do the Knicks do? What do the Nets, maybe even more interestingly, what do the Nets do? Because the Nets are in a heap of trouble right now. They can't win a game. They get blown out last night by Utah. Durant's going to be out for quite a while more. Kyrie Irving barely plays. James Harden wants out and doesn't play. Uh, that This is the team that was supposed to be so easy and not so easy all of a sudden. The Knicks, what do you do with them? You you want to trade Julius Randle? You'd almost at this point say I trade Julius Randle for anything. Just get him off my team. It's a guy that does not look like he wants to be here. So a lot going on in the NBA. And I actually think the trade deadline is the more intriguing, important piece than the way the teams are playing right now. Because when Brooklyn's healthy and fine, they're going to be very good. I don't see any way out of this for the Knicks. Like, you're not going to magically, unless you make a trade, you're not going to magically just, you know, turn things on. You can't imagine you're going to beat the Lakers tonight. They get what, Utah, Denver, I mean, the, the Portland, Golden State. This trip is daunting. I do, um, I do find it funny. And this is our, our coworkers, right? ESPN, ABC, we're all under one umbrella um, with the NBA. But I do find it funny. Do you see how they're billing this game tonight? 8.30 ABC, by the way. So the nation gets to, to witness this game. This game is being billed as LeBron, who might not play, by the way. I think he's missed like the last five games with uh, swelling in the knee against Julius Randle. I mean, if, you, if, you, if your selling point is Julius Randle, don't you have problems immediately? And I think we know the Knicks have real legitimate problems immediately. So one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. This this like we like to say in the in the trade in the industry is a potpourri kind of open. So that's the NBA. It's on the table. You're welcome to involve yourself. All right. As you know, we're gonna do Stump Rothenberg at at ten thirty. I believe I think we were undefeated last week, maybe. I think it was like a fourteen and zero. I think on Wednesday we were 9-0. I think that we're, we're looking at like a 23-plus match winning streak. This is, this, is like, this is like Nadal. This is like Djokovic. This is like Federer. This is that, you know what? They say it's the big three. Maybe they should make some room for me on that Matt Rushmore of greatness. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, and then we got to get to this NFL situation and story, which is, is not funny. There's no joking about it. So let me just start with this, and then we'll morph into what I want to get into, and that is the Giants defensive coordinator. So we thought it was Patrick Graham. Um, that's locked away. 
No worries. Unless he gets a head coaching job, he's going to be back. Well, not so fast because he wanted um, a head coaching job. And, of course, you understand that he wanted a head coaching job. But then he went to the Giants and requested the same to interview for the same job with the Raiders under Josh McDaniels, which is the defensive coordinator. And, you know, my first inclination was why would the Giants allow him to interview for a, the same exact position, a lateral move, when he's under contract with your organization? And then I guess it's like, do you really want, uh, with a new regime, do you really want to start off on the footing of a guy doesn't want to be here? that you're going to force and mandate that he stays here. So I do kind of understand it. And then my understanding is he was super tight with Joe Judge. That was his guy. He was assistant head coach. And when Judge went, he felt like it was probably his time to leave. And and then that's exactly what happened. So I think that they'll be okay. I, I think he's a smart guy. Uh, I think he's a good defensive mind. But if you bring in a Wink Martindale, uh, you bring in a Vic Fangio, like there are really solid names uh, for the Giants to bring in here. So that's that's obviously something big hanging over the Giants' heads right now. You like what they've done with their staff. You, you, I mean, I understand we'll get to in a second what's going on in the NFL, and that's a major, major problem. But Brian Dable, you feel good about what he is capable of doing and what he probably will be able to do, hopefully, with Daniel Jones. Uh, Mike Kafka, offensive uh, coordinator now, who is the quarterback's coach under Andy Reid and, and Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City, is considered one of the bright, smart young minds in the NFL. So I feel good about the Giants coaching staff and what they've put together. What I don't feel good about, and what I imagine most people have a major problem with, most people, there are some that don't, which is befuddling, but okay. And that is what's going on in the NFL right now. Now, we can start with the Giants. I think it's a systemic issue. You know, this Belichick tweet is a a horrendous look. And the Giants and the Broncos and the Dolphins and everyone comes out swinging. See, I I find it hard to believe. I mean, Brian Flores is a smart man. That just, you know, out of nowhere, he's grasping this idea that he's being mistreated because he's a black man. Right? Like, don't you find that hard to believe? This is a guy that, that won in Miami. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have an offensive line. They really don't have a running back, yet he was able to win in Miami. And not the ultimate winning, but he won. Miami was an above 500 team. He wanted Justin Herbert. They said no. He refused to, to lose games and be rewarded for that financially. And for all that, you fire him? See, to me, and maybe this is me alone, but I don't think so, that's exactly what I would want in a head coach. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Someone with a backbone, someone with a spine, someone with a stand up and do the right thing. Isn't that what you like? If you if you had a kid and you were looking for that kid to play for a coach, isn't this the exact coach you'd want him to play for? Owner brings you out. And again, it's allegedly supposedly there is a corroboration. There was a witness that says this is true, but it's alleged right now. But allegedly. The, the owner brings him out and says, listen, I'll pay you $100,000 for every game you lose because I want to lose. And the guy says, no, I'm not doing it. I mean, he, he benefits, but he just refuses to do it. So to me, and talent evaluation, guys, Justin Herbert is better than Tua. No, nah, we don't think so. I'm the owner. I have a trillion dollars. We're going to go with Tua. Well, that's a mistake as well. 
And then he takes a team that's just not all that great and leads them to, to a seven-game winning streak and an above 500 record on the season. It's a pretty good job as well. So I, I don't understand how this guy at the moment is unemployed unless you look to the obvious, and that is teams do not want to hire minority coaches. Now, you can blame the Giants, and I think the Giants— See, now it becomes a he said, she said, because unless you see actual proof of one of the Maras— if, if, And, and I, I think the Giants probably are, are culpable here. I don't know for sure. I don't think it's a proud moment for the organization. But unless you find out that John Mara, Chris Mara, like, 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 you know, uh, Steve Tisch, like someone told Bill Belichick, this is what we're going to do, if it's conjecture, if it comes from an underling, then, then that's exactly what it is. It's, it's the conjecture that, yeah, you know, we think this is going to happen. But I don't think the Giants look great. I don't think the Broncos look great, although they refuted it, you know, to the hilt as well. And certainly the Miami Dolphins look, look like buffoons, which I don't think is as much as a, of a surprise to anybody. But here's the thing. It's a he said, she said, fine. You say the Giants don't look r- right, well, fine. Broncos don't either. Fine. We have a systemic issue. All right. Whether you think the Giants are wrong here or not is, a, is, is the minutia of the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is we have a major problem. And you can put your head in the sand and say it's not an issue. But another reason that for me, I look at Brian Flores, I'm like, that's exactly who I want to lead a team and lead men is because he looks at this and says, this is not about me. This is bigger than me. This is about right and wrong and black head coaches deserving a chance and not getting it right now. Now, they have the Rooney rule, which always bothered me, and I would always say I didn't like it, and I got so much pushback of you, you, don't, you don't understand. At, at least it gets the black head coach a, a, an interview. Well, why does Brian Flores need an interview? To work, I mean, the guy's just been a head coach for three years. Brian Flores needs a an interview skill under his belt. No, the guy is more than qualified. So to run him out there to check a box, I'm sorry, is embarrassing. It's embarrassing for the league. It's embarrassing for the teams. It's embarrassing. But herein lies the problem. Unless change comes of it, it's more noise. Something you have one, one. Blackhead coach in this league. One. And why was that? How did he get that job, Mike Tomlin? How? He blew away the Steelers back in the day. They had zero intent to hire him. No intent to hire him. But he had a, 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 a clean slate. He sat with them. He wowed them. And they hired him. That's what we need to have happen. But you can say, no, it's, there's, there's nothing going on that's, that's not okay. There is. There is no way in a and, and you hear this all the time, in a league comprised of 70% African-American men. You know what? It's true. It's true. You're telling me Eric Bieniemy is not where Eric Bieniemy doesn't, doesn't interview well? Uh, fine. You know what? Then, then Eric Bieniemy doesn't get a job. Fine. Brian Flores can't get a job. Jim Caldwell, who led a team to a Super Bowl, and the Lions to a winning record, can't get a job. Marv Lewis, all we get is recycled coaches. That's all we get. You've coached, I know you, you're back. You're coached, I know you, you're back. But Marvin Lewis, who led the Bengals 
to, to, to playoff appearance after playoff appearance, he can't get a job either. Nobody can get a job who's black. There's a major problem. And, and unless, see, I, I, again, I don't know what you do. I mean, you can't, you can't put down an edict of you. You have to. What more can they do? Like the, the obviously it's the it's the old boys club going into the back room saying, all right, guys, yeah, sure, we'll interview him. Yep, we'll do that. But it's not going to happen. Nothing's going to come from that. They've incentivized where if you hire a black head coach, you the team that that loses him gets compensation. Like there is reason to do it, and it's still not done. So I guess my question would be. How do we get to that change? Clearly, there's an issue. Clearly, there's a problem. But my question, and I don't have the answer, is how do we eventually get to that change? And if Brian Flores never works again. And, and see, I do believe that there's a chance. And the suing of the NFL makes it very difficult at the moment. But I do believe there's a chance that one owner out there says, you know what, I, I, I will take all the good publicity I can get. And if I hire this guy, it will be heaped on me. So whether, whether it's hired for the right reason or not, I don't know. But I'm not of the mindset definitively right now that Brian Flores never works again as a head coach in this league. Maybe he has to go win and, and be a head coach in, at the collegiate level, possibly. But I think there is a chance that, he, that he's back. He's only 40 years old, maybe 41. But there is a problem, and we need a fix. And I don't, I don't know what the answer is. one 800 919 Seven six. So NBA trade deadline. What's going on in the NFL? We're eight days away from the Super Bowl. And this is awful news, by the way. And I don't know if this has dawned on you yet. We have no football this weekend. None. I mean, yet we have the Pro Bowl. But like I said, we have no football this weekend. Oh my God. How do you, how do we how do you get through this weekend? Give me ideas, suggestions. By the way, today. Ten years ago to this very day, maybe the maybe quite possibly the greatest throw in Super Bowl history. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. And of course, Jake Montgomery, who's partners in crime with Ty on the other side, he says to me uh, minutes ago, not even minutes, maybe like ninety seconds ago, you know, you don't you don't follow me on Twitter. I said, of course, come on, of course I follow you on Twitter. I look, I don't follow him on Twitter. That is an awful job by me. But I've remedied the situation. I now follow Jake Montgomery on Twitter. So let let because I've made such a misstep, you should all follow Jake Montgomery on Twitter. At Jake Montgomery. But, and maybe this is the issue that's you know everyone is running into, the first O of Montgomery is a zero, which makes things a little more difficult. Now, Jake, you, we usually bring Ty in at this moment. Ty, don't get jealous just because of what's going on with the Jake situation. I want to bring him on for a second. Jake, why? First of all, I'm sorry I didn't follow you. I apologize. It's okay, Dave. And again, you're making me, I've known for a while that you don't follow me. Why don't you me. say anything? I'm not, you don't I'm, feel like our relationship is at the level you could say, Dave, you don't follow me? I, I, as much as I wanted you to follow me, I'm not that type of guy to be like, hey, Dave, I saw you didn't follow me. 
But you asked me just moments ago during the commercial break to possibly help you with your social media and help you gain followers. So I said it would be nice if you followed me back. And then that's how this whole situation that's came right. up. Because I'm thinking if you, if you man, because I'm not good and, and I don't really care all that much about social media. But I thought if someone like you, who I look at as, as the, the pantheon of, of brightness when it comes to it, managed my social media, it could be a dynamic situation. And you say you're not, you know, up to date in this hip guy. But no. again, over the commercial break, we have a very similar taste in Netflix films and stuff like that. I mentioned this new documentary that's kind of making its way around called The Tinder Swindler. Yeah, I've seen it. And not you, only have I seen you it, saw I it mentioned before it, me. I mentioned it on air probably Thursday of this week. Wow. So you're already, a, you know, way ahead of me. But I yeah. watched it last night and I'm telling people now, yeah. if, if you're into documentaries, into scams and crazy stuff, tr true events, uh, this is the documentary re for you. Really, really well done. One more thing I'll tell you, and then we'll bring in Ty, and we'll get his take on, on things in life and, and all that he offers. Um, I watched, and I'm embarrassed to say, and I admitted this on air yesterday to Rick and the guys, I'm embarrassed to say it, but, but I'm a truth teller, so I will. I watched the Sean Payton movie this week, which I believe is they named Home Team. I I. I will never get that time back in my if, life. If I'm Sean Payton, am I offended that they picked oh, yeah. Kevin James? I First thought it was all, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, and then I'm like, wait a second. I think he, that's a Sean Payton you know, movie, but I, how was it? I, I, I mean, I can't even put into words how bad the movie was. First of all, they portray <laughs> Sean Payton to be just a, a horrendous dad. Horrendous uh, wow. dad. And he Secondly, signed off on it? I don't know. Do you have to sign off? Well, I don't know. It, it was it was so bad. It was it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Well, what's worse, being portrayed as a bad dad or having Kevin James portray you as your visual? I I would think it would be being portrayed as a bad dad, but who knows nowadays? Who who really knows? Uh, all right, enough of you. Let's let's bring in Ty D. Butler, Newhouse School. Good morning, Ty. How are you? Good morning, Davido. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good today. I'm wowed by your open, as I usually am, but more so today because of the uh, heaviness, as you will, of the topic. You know, yeah, near, it's near certainly a topic I didn't, I didn't want to have to get into. Uh, wish we didn't have to. Wish it wasn't an issue and a concern, but obviously we, we spare no expense here. If there's something that needs discussion, uh, we're going to discuss it. So Yeah, you're six of the nine vacancies have been filled. We're staring at, as you mentioned, going into next season with one black head coach, and it's Mike Tomlin, who, by the way, has won a Super Bowl. Uh, Steelers fans will remember this. I want to say it was two years ago. They were, they were, there were Steelers fans who wanted him fired because, you know, he's not buttoned up, can't control the locker room. That right. guy look, look, look how that locker room has done after they've left him. Antonio Brown is, is I mean, maybe the most divisive player in, in the, the entire NFL. Le'Veon Bell, who was, you know, the, this great running back in Pittsburgh, never regains anything near the same form and winds up going bowling the night before a game when he's supposed to be sick and he's a member of the Jets. And now he's, for lack of a better term, out of the league. I mean, he was that this non-buttoned-up guy did some pretty good things with guys who are, are, are disasters outside of him. And underrated dealt with the quarterback who came with a lot of controversy as well. Uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger. Not devoid of uh, his uh, own little bad storylines, not just off the field, but, you know, throwing teammates under the bus. So the point is, like, looking at the situation unfolding uh, unfolding in the NFL, you can say it's a coincidence that every coach that happens to be hired is, is white. 
they're more qualified. They're it, more it experienced. Can't, it can't be a coincidence. They're better for fit this for the organization. Or, it's not coincidental. Or you could be more truthful and say, yeah, no, there's there's a big issue. Uh, the NFLs are operating under a race as a racist institution, and it, it pains me to say this, but look, let's let's do away with all the cute little end zone messages and helmets and racism. As coaches say, don't tell me you want to win. Show me. Don't tell me you want equality. Show me NFL. Start hiring some more minority head coaches. Stop making excuses. Eric Bieniemy, as you mentioned, no reason he shouldn't have a job. His team was in four straight AFC Championship games. We're watching one of the ten greatest quarterbacks of all time operate under his watch. Let let's let's stop making excuses for it. Yeah, I, I think you said it well. Now I I will say this, and this is the troublesome part of all of it for me. I think we are so addicted to the NFL. I think you are, we, me, you, everyone is so head over heels in love with this sport that even though they're doing something which you don't like, you're not going to boycott it. And that's the problem. You're Dave. not going to not. You're not going to not watch it. Did you see the numbers? Uh, oh my for the title God. games last week, they Do you averaged remember, like, what was it, 49 like two years million? ago? When, when guys, are, guys are kneeling, and now we're never going to watch again. And we'll, uh, we'll show you. We had uh, tons of calls. Never watching again. Well, you watch. Exactly. Because the numbers have never been higher than they are right now. 49 million on average. I think it peaked at like 60 million. It's, it is by far, like not even close, the most popular event on television right now. I mean, if you look at, like, the top 50 shows it's over all... the course of the year, like, 49 are NFL. Yeah, and every year the Super Bowl is the highest rated. So the question now becomes, if you're the NFL and you really don't care too much about the issue, what is your incentive to do anything? Well, sadly, I, 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 don't, I don't think there is an incentive. And like, that's like, the problem. O- other than the court of public opinion, where you look horrendous and— Smart people are completely turned off by what you're doing. What's the incentive? It's not like your bottom line is affected. It's not. See, that if the bottom line was affected, all of a sudden there would be immediate change. But it's not. So if you are Roger Goodell, if you are one of the owners, what, what, what is your immediate rush to say, you know, guys, other than doing the right thing, which clearly most of them don't really care about anyway, what is the motivation to remedy the situation? So on the thought of public opinion, uh, the court of public opinion, it's almost like, all right, there's a verdict that you reach, but then there's no sentencing because for a couple of weeks, we'll all sit here and talk about how bad it is. Or, or maybe for the next six days, we'll talk about how bad it is. And then a week from tomorrow, it's the Super Bowl. Either Burrow's going to win or, or the Rams are going to win, and it's going to become the biggest story, and we're going to forget about it. So on the court of public opinion, there's really no... Um, like conviction that's going to warrant you actually feeling the effects of it for an extended period of time because it's just going to go away. It's going to disappear. Now, who's supposed to play halftime? Is, is Jay-Z or no? Am I mistaken? Oh, no. We've got a beautiful halftime show. It's Kendrick. It's uh, Eminem. It's Mary J. All right. So, so for argument's Snoop. Sake, so, so, Dre. Oh, right, Snoop. So, so this is what I heard. I heard people suggest, you know what? Snoop. And, and I guess Jay-Z's really like he orchestrated tied, this. He's tightly tied to the NFL. Yes, so he I heard, orchestrated this event. I heard, you know, Jay-Z comes out, makes a statement, Snoop drops out, Mary J, you know, doesn't do it, that will show them. Okay, that will show them, but what what do you think that does? Like, they'll hire another act, they'll play, the ratings won't be affected. I mean, it would be great to take a stand on something, but do you really think anything comes of it? And therein lies my issue. I don't know how we go from where we are to where we'd like to be, 
because there's nothing that stands in the way of these guys saying we we true you know for lack of a better term we we just don't care. And you know what what is the most depressing part of it and the part that leaves me with uh, little confidence is when you hear people say well we can't change their minds we got to change their hearts you know how hard it is to change someone's heart uh, when it comes to anything that they feel emotionally especially when you've been operating a certain way for decades and decades it's hard to really go in and change someone's heart so you hope that something comes of this lawsuit uh shout out to brian flores for doing this and by the way the giants um, I, I don't know how you feel about this, Dave. Is there any chance that Bill Belichick is going to text that to Brian Dable uh, or who, who he thought was Brian Dable if he didn't know for sure he was getting the job? Like, is he, I, I is would, he someone I would who's going to make that mistake? Not, but, but again, if, if, if it comes down to this. If, if Mara Tish didn't tell him, like if it's some underling that said, you know, I think that this is what's going to happen. Now, I'm not saying that is the case. But unless you have the smoking gun that says John Mara sent this note to me that said we're hiring Brian Dable, I think it's it's hard to punish the Giants here in this situation. I, they don't look good. It's going to be hard to punish them. But and, and I get we make fun of Belichick, snap face. He's not social media and te- uh, technologically savvy. But I find it hard to believe that a guy as smart as Bill Belichick, the, uh, the greatest coach of all time, is going to text one of his former assistants a congratulatory message without knowing for sure that he was getting a job. And it didn't come from some underling who thought – I, I think he knew for sure. It's hard for me to sit here and think that he knew for sure that, that, that David was getting that job. Yeah, it's hard to argue that. It really is. Um, I could see both ways, to be honest. I could see Belichick so oblivious that that happened, or I could see him so so like on top of things that he did it on purpose to, to raise some light to the situation. So there we have it, 1-800-919-3776. I mean, what, what you got to love about this program is we, we have honest conversation. Then we joke around and have fun. We bring in the callers. Like, it, it touches everything you could possibly hope for for a Saturday morning. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. I almost said DPHR and Rothenberg here on 98.7 ESPN, but I caught myself. Oh, the it show is where Rothenberg you guys, solo. The show where you guys take shots at me during the week. No. I was listening. That, that would be inaccurate. I was listening. Uh, I, I took no shots at you. So well, I don't know why you lump me in with him. You operate as a tandem. No, when Shaq he has a mind. The Sha- man did the show naked this week. <laughs> Ricky DP. When, when don't Sha- tell me that we do the show as a tandem. When we are Shaq- a show. We are a unit. I adore him, but he has his own mind. When Shaq and Kobe lost in 04, one of the most embarrassing final losses of, uh, of all time, that's a Shaq and Kobe failed finals. So when you and Rick are, are doing what you do, nude or otherwise, that, that falls on both of you. So if you, you were to do something which is fireable right now, Jake also could be fired? Sh- sure. No. <laughs> no. Absolutely. No, that, that is preposterous. He's culpable. No, that is absurd and ridiculous and absurd again. He is in the room as a crime is taking place. I believe there's a uh, term for that, too. An accessory? Like, he is an accessory. An accessory after the fact. No. Uh, that's ridiculous, and and the more you discuss it, the more ridiculous it sounds. So don't don't lump me in with him. You and and Rick have have a battle going on. You either condemn it or you condone it. I'm I'm watching it. Yeah, so I'm just happy to not be involved in a spa- station battle. So I'm <laughs> I'm stepping aside and I'm if watching. You don't condemn it. You're condoning it, so you're on his side. No, I'm it. not on anybody's I take side. Take exception to that. Not on it. Don't be a baby. All right, here we go. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's get to the calls. We have. You know what I love about this. 
We have calls on NBA. We have calls on the NFL. We have a, I love it, a disgruntled Dolphins fan on the line. We, like, we have everything covered because that's what we wanted, and that's what we got, and that's what we'll do. James in Spring Valley, lead us off this morning, James. You're on 98.7 ESPN. Dave, uh, thank you so much. I'm, thank you so much for taking my call. I'm glad I'm leading off, so I really am blessed for that. Thank you. You're very um, welcome, James. Obvious, obviously, as a Giants fan and as a black man, it's, not, it's actually kind of pretty disturbing about the whole Brian Flores allegations. I'm really hopeful, hopeful that these are, these are not true. Uh, I'm not going to uh, – but it's hard. It's all speculations alleged, so we just hope it's not true. But here's my thing, and I look at it from both sides. If the Giants have any culpability in this, whether, it, whether they did something factually wrong, what punishment do the Giants have to face if, this, if these allegations are proven true? Because all these are are allegations, these alleged, and the Giants put out a statement Right. So I, I understand you. I understand your question. So if if they can, James, if they can, it has to be proven. All right. If if it's just a Brian Flores and his team say this and they have the text and, and it doesn't go any any more than that, I find it very difficult to believe that anything comes of it. If they do, if they do have have tangible proof. And and there's you know corroboration either witnesses or or they have you know information that says that you know a Tish or Mara somebody spoke this into existence or 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 put this in into words and put it down and and there's documentation of that I think you'll see a severe fine and or a uh, losing of draft picks but again I I I don't I don't think that happens I'd be very surprised if there was actual tangible proof. Absolutely. And quickly before I get off the phone, um, the phone since we lost Patrick Graham, um, um, because I believe in your sources, because your sources was very big on Dave and don't doubt Dave Nostradamus, who do you think is going to be our defensive coordinator now that Patrick Graham is gone? Thanks for taking my call, Dave. You got it. Um, the one that I had heard originally, so I'll stand by that, although I have no more information, was uh, Wink Martindale. That was the name I had heard. But, so what I had originally heard, is that Dable would get the head coaching job, and if he did, he would bring in Wink Martindale. So I was actually surprised that they were going to keep Patrick Graham, but I guess for continuity's sake, and they liked him, they, they wanted to keep him on in that role. He leaves. I'll, I'll go with uh, with Martindale. But, you know, there's some really good options here. Um, Vic Fangio is available. So it's not – and I like Patrick Graham. I think he did a good job. It's not like you lose Patrick Graham and now you have to, you know, go to the, the dregs of the earth. There's still really solid choices to be defensive coordinator. Let's go to uh, Ronaldo in Jersey. Ronaldo, you're next up on 9870 ESPN. Senor Dave, how are you? How you doing today, man? What's up, Ronaldo? How are you? I'm good. I'm doing good. I hear in Jersey, cold as hell, but yeah. doing well. It's freezing. Right, did you get a tremendous amount of ice? No, actually not. We were out to dinner last night. We went out to PA, had some wonderful steaks at Oak Steakhouse. If anybody uh, is out there in Easton, that steakhouse is incredible. Uh, no, it wasn't icy at all. Actually, kind of dried up, so we're pretty good. Yeah, we got hammered. My, my driveway is a sheet of ice, a sheet of ice. Oh, really? That's yeah. not good. All right, but, but go ahead. I don't want to stand in the way of what you wanted to call about. 
No, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, you know, it's a pleasure uh, uh, being on the phone with you. And uh, I, I got to agree earlier what Ty said uh, in regards in, a, in about a week. A lot of this is going to be forgotten. And one of the, I've been, I had my ear to the ground. I listened to you a lot in the morning, uh-huh. and also the guys in the afternoon. And um, one of the things, you know, there's only one, uh, as well as only one African American head coach. You only got one Latino head coach, and I haven't really heard much about it and the lack of representation on the minority end, right? But there's only like nine maybe position uh, coaches around the whole NFL that are Latino, and then you have Mr. Rivera, who is a Latino head coach. I want to know your feelings on that because I really haven't heard nothing uh, across the board when I've been on uh, the radio. Uh, uh, and, and I think you're right, and, and this might be an ignorant take, and I'm, I'm going to give it, and I apologize if I'm wrong. Um, I think the reason that so many people are so horrified at what happens with the the black head coach and Ty, you can even chime in here is because there's so many black players like the league is Mm -hmm. is predominantly African-American 70 percent, I believe. So to have one coach, one head coach representing 70 percent of your league looks laughable. I, I don't know the ratio, Ronaldo, so I'm not going to pretend to, but I can't imagine it's any, anything similar to, to 70% for the Latino oh, community no, not in the all. NFL. Yeah, it's like 1%. I mean, it's right. not so, high, so, but I would just... So that, that would be my, my take, right? And maybe it's a, maybe I'm wrong, but that would be my take, is is it's, it's, it's not apples to apples. You have 70%, which equates to 1, and you have 1%, which also equates to 1. Yeah, no, 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 I, I absolutely get it, but, I you know, and the question is, is, does that make it okay? Right? No. Does that make it okay? No. Even though Listen, it's here's my take. The percentages? No. No, it does not make it okay. But I think that's the reason that it's not discussed at the clip that, that the, the lack of black head coaches is discussed. Here's my take. If you're qualified, you're qualified. I don't, I don't care if you're female. I don't care if you're, if you're 31. All right, they, they've taken that. Remember, you, 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 how could, you would never, ever hire a 30-year-old head coach. Well, that's now done. Sean McVay is a veteran coach going to his second Super Bowl. I think he's now 36. So they've, they've eliminated that. It's time to eliminate you're not hired because of any reason outside of qualification. That's it. It's absurd. What, what do you think about my, my take on that, Ty? You think I'm accurate or no? No, I think it's fair. I mean, I, overall, there should be more of a, a fair representation across the board when it comes to minorities in general. But as you mentioned, when, when the number is as outstanding as 70% of the league being black and you've got one uh, black head coach, uh, that's a little head scratch. It, uh, to, to borrow an analogy from one of my guys, Nick Wright, he said, like, imagine you woke up tomorrow and like 75% of NHL coaches are black. That w- it would be a little odd, no? Of course it would be odd. So it's, it's, the, it's the, the same point. I, I think it's accurate. Mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you how much it bothers me, and I go back to my original point. I don't know how it changes. Until an owner, like a, 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 an owner that you have ultimate respect for, says, you know what, I, there's nothing maybe I can do big picture to help the league, but I'm going to do something to help my team, and I'm going to hire X, Y, and Z. I don't know how it changes. I really don't. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Well, then a little Knicks-Lakers at 8 o'clock tonight. What's being billed as the LeBron and Julius Randle matchup. Oh, how exciting is that? Very, very exciting. Uh, I, I've already, for me, that ship has sailed with the Knicks. They are, they are done. 
They are as done as done gets. And I, I don't know what more you need to see. Like, I've heard so many people holding out hope that, you know, if they can go two and three in this five-game span and then come home and, you know, Kyrie won't play for Brooklyn and Durant won't be back. Like, stop it. It's done. It's over. It's not going to happen. I mean, look, look at the standings, for God's sake. First of all, they're not good. Your best player looks like he doesn't want to be out there. So you can sit here and, and try to discuss it to your blue in the face of how or why or when they're going to wind up. They're not getting in. They're not getting in. They're not as good as Atlanta. That's the 10 seed right now. That's the only team at the moment you're even close to. After that, it's all teams that are above 500. Charlotte better. Boston better. Toronto better. And then you get into the top six. And you're still behind Washington, who's totally fallen off. But the bottom line is, you stink. You're not good. Thank God they brought in Cam Reddish, huh? Because without him, what what would they really be? What, what's the point of this? God, the Knicks are so frustrating, aren't they? Not the fact that they're just not that talented. The fact of how they run the organization. And the fact now that we're going to sit here and blame Tom Thibodeau, who I do think gets some blame. But Leon Rose should get the blame. Leon Rose did a terrible job. You bring back Nerlens Noel. You bring in Kemba Walker. You bring in Evan Fournier. Find me the move there that you're like, that's a, that's a good move. Doesn't exist. 1-800-919-3776. Tony Brooklyn. Tony, you're on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty how well. Doing? How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, so I wanted to take, uh, continue your conversation about the Knicks. They are very, very frustrating. Um, you, know, they, you know, and it starts with Julius Randle to me. His body language just shows the frustration, shows his lack of interest in, in, in actually being there. He can't handle the pressure. And if you're depending on this, you know, this See, I don't think that's fair, off. Tony. I it's don't think it's fair to say he can't handle the pressure. He was phenomenal last year. He was out of this world last season. He was. He was. So were the Knicks as a whole. That was a great year. And he won most improved. So he can't win most improved now. Now he has to build on that improvement. And I just haven't seen enough building on that improvement. Well, he's gone the other way. I mean, last year is the anomaly. Last year is the outlier. Two years ago, he was that. Last year, he was great. This year, he's back to being that. He had one year where he wowed you. He got paid, and now he's back to what he was. Right, right. So, again, going back to Leon Rose, and and now I think they're stuck with him. I think he's a great player, but he's not your, your, your alpha dog. He's you know, not. He's not a great player, and, and I've heard this five trillion times, and I feel embarrassed to say it again. But uh, Julius Randle cannot be your best player. Like Russell Westbrook is not can, cannot is not going to lead a team to a championship. Like Russell Westbrook is a guy that on a crappy team is going to wow you, and then when he's on a legitimate team, he's not. Well, Julius Randle last year, no crowd. I mean, listen, you say what you want. He was sensational, and that is now done. Could not be more done. Spike, St. Petersburg. Spike, uh, good morning. You're on 98.7. Well, good morning. I'm glad I got through to wish you a wonderful, I know it's tough with no football, but one comment on Julius Randle, and I'm not challenging your knowledge. That's a losing proposition. But Sam's Brady Anderson, who was PED enhanced, has there ever been an athlete that had a season like Julius Randle and then reverted back to what he was prior it's it's an easy question. I mean, off the top of my head, this is really kind of remarkable. That, but not only the right. fact that he's reverted back, Spike, the fact that he looks disinterested. 
That's what's so upsetting that, to me. I'm, I'm reading this article yeah. at the break. He he went into the into the 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 huddle the other night and was looking at the playbook yep. of another team. He, I think he was saying goodbye to a couple of uh, people there. That's what it seemed to me, and I think he's gone, and sooner the better. But here's what happened. Uh, he, the Knicks brass took a chance. They signed him the Fram oil filter. I said it yesterday. Buy, uh, buy me now, fix me now, or fix, buy me now, fix me later, whatever. Pay me now, pay me later. What they did is they paid him early. You always run the risk because you're saving 60 to $80 million if he got wet maxed and had another season. So from that standpoint, the brass did well. Whatever the hell else they did, uh, Leon West and, and Scott Perry beat me. I like to play the rookies. you got 30 games left. Thibodeau will wait until there's 12 games left to cut everybody loose, and that's his fatal flaw. But goodbye, good riddance, Julius. You played brilliantly last year. You earned that contract. Go and become Jalal Oka for someone else because his body language, he quit on the team. He's arguing with Mark Berman. I mean, in trying to insult a guy who's been around almost from my age, not quite, but Berman has some stature. He's covered the team like a blanket for, what, 30 years? He doesn't care. You, you think he cares nope. about Mark Berman? You think he cares? I mean, let, let's be fair. Watching him now, and thanks for the call, Spike, he doesn't care about anything. He, 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 it's amazing the transformation that he made. The two transformations that he made. He went from, you can't stand, I don't say can't stand him. He's, he's a guy that you're like, all right, he's going to stuff the stat sheet and, and he's ne- never going to lead you to anything. To, oh my God. We've somehow like like found our a superstar on this team. New York, we here. And now he's gone all the way back, even further than he once was. It, it kind of feels like he's a cancer on this team now, doesn't it? And Thibodeau doesn't really have any options, so he's going to play Randall. And Randall, you know, spins around and takes these nineteen foot fadeaways. We didn't realize, but I think now you look back and you do. The beginning of the end was the series against the Hawks. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what else to say that other than teams last year in the regular season did not focus on shutting down Julius Randle. That was not the primary focus. And Atlanta did, and they did it, and since then you've seen more of the same. And it's not changing. And did you Car- see apparently he unfollowed the Knicks on Instagram? I don't know if we that's saw a big that as well, yeah. I don't know if that's a big story, but um to your point, he's averaging five fewer points per game, five percent, which is less a big number on field goals, and eleven percent. The biggest number to me is he's shooting eleven eleven percentage points less on threes. Like last year, the reason why he was able to have so much success in the painted area was because you had to guard him on the perimeter. And for his career, he's never been a great three point shooter. But when we shooting what forty one percent last year, now you got to pay more attention to him. It makes it easier for him to drive into the lane and get guys open. This year, that that jump shot is completely a terrible, and, and all the shots like the no no yeses, like those seventeen <laughs> yes. foot fadeaways last year. You're like no 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 yes knocks it home. Those are no 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 nos now. And you don't have a crunch time play. You miss Derrick Rose so much because terrible games. He's Wait, which to- is which is incredible in its own right that you're sitting here saying God. You know you brought Derrick Rose in last year thinking to yourself, all right, he's a guy that'll give you a couple of minutes. He's not going to change anything, but if he plays well, he can help you a little bit. Now if Derrick Rose isn't there and I can't tell you how much they miss him. <laughs> he was the best player for you in the Atlanta series because R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle were no-shows. And by the way, Dave, you know who's also skating? 
Uh, we've seen a guy who Knicks fans loved last year, wanted him to be a starter. Uh, all right, let me see, let me see, let me see. Skating. Alec Burks? No, a guy who everyone Emmanuel said— Emmanuel Quickly. Yes, uh-huh. they wanted him to be the starting point guard for this team, and he's regressed. It's a bunch of bad shots from, like, 40 feet. He had the four-point the four point play the other night, but then it was three straight turnovers. Why, when you discuss this, do I feel like an adulation in your voice? No, I'm just you saying. You enjoy it. No, of course. Be I, honest. No, I don't. It's Be better, honest. It's better for me and us as a station when the Knicks are good. Last year was fun, man. It and was. I told you, like, I'm a, obviously I'm a huge basketball fan, so when the city is experiencing that degree of success— I was at game two when they won against the Hawks, the only game that series they won when everyone, as, as a Knicks fan, won in Atlanta. Uh, funny how that worked out. They, that was fun. See, that, that they shot took to the seemed street. unnecessary. It's, but it's, it's to tease you. The fans took to the streets after that win. That was exciting. It felt like, wow. Like, Can you imagine yeah. what the city would be like if the Knicks went to the NBA Finals? <laughs> I can't no, no, even I'm imagine. Serious. I cannot even imagine. If they were going crazy. I went to the game on Christmas Day. Against like, Atlanta. Against the Hawks. And they won the game, and, we, and I, we couldn't get out the front of the garden because people were celebrating and going crazy. I will say this. Uh, Kevin Durant, who before he got hurt, was either one or two in the MVP conversation, and every night he was giving you some spectacular performance. Hey, could you imagine he was doing that as a Nick? Because no. when you see what's going on with Brooklyn right now. The name uh, Kevin would be like, Trending in the New York area. Like to imagine the garden being rocking that way. Like, look at RJ Barrett hits the, the buzzer beater against the Celtics, and you know, we couldn't stop seeing that shot enough all over Sports Center and it was everywhere. Like Kevin Durant might be just playing for the wrong team because with Harden, he's on the trade block. Kyrie won't get vaccinated. That team's a mess right now. I, I wonder if you and obviously we'll never get the truth. But I wonder if you got Kevin Durant in a room, closed the door, and said, do you regret doing this? If he's like, I can't believe I, I linked up with Kyrie Irving. Because think about it, Dave. It's not just you linked up with Kyrie. You left literally the best situation in basketball. Nirvana. You left basketball nirvana to come Steph here and Curry. deal with, with, with Steve Nash. <laughs> I mean, it's comical. Steph Curry. Well, I, I don't know that he's all that humble as, as people make him out to be, but he's definitely one of the most selfless superstars. Like, he didn't care that Durant was getting the MVPs. He just wants to win. Uh, Steve Kerr's one of the best coaches. Oh, he is wonderful. He's a, he's a nice guy, and he's, he's he, he knows what he's doing, obviously. Clay Thompson, that story's remarkable. Draymond Green can be an adjutant, but he's a, definitely a guy you want in your team. To leave that situation and come to Brooklyn, where you've got these two guys who, you know, one can't stay healthy, the other. Plus, yeah, yeah we, what, Wiggins and Wiseman. Yeah. I mean, a pool. I mean, that, that team would be, they, they would be unbeatable. Although maybe it's better for the NBA if he's not still there. I'm saying much, for him Because they're person. still very good. Phoenix is very good. Memphis is good. And how good is Ja Morant? Um, oh, you fit you. You were one pick away from getting him. And right now he might be the favorite to win the MVP or at least top three. He, he's going to be sensational. And you know what the thing that's so amazing to me is he wasn't even that good the other night. Oh, he like, wasn't. His shooting was not good. And he still you see the capabilities of this guy. But it was he, highlight after highlight. I oh, mean, the dunks. alley-oop. <laughs> and it, uh, they run the one play where it's like he's got the ball. He passes it to whoever. That guy goes back to him with the alley-oop. He dunks it home. It's just he can beat anybody off the dribble. He he is exactly the type of player you need. Exactly the type of player you need. And you were one pick away from One pick him. away. Just like you were one pick away from getting Steph Curry. So that's yeah, happened now. Which, again, twice in the I think brings us back to the fact that, that this 
brings you enjoyment. For no, it does not. I'm just saying, like it, it's sad. Is to LeBron see that is LeBron going to play tonight? I don't think so. I think LeBron gonna, so, so It's going to be billed as LeBron <laughs> and uh, and Randall and and. LeBron think, won't play, and God knows what Randall does. I think it's going to be like Malik Monk against Evan Fournier. That's a matchup. That's going to be exciting. That's, that's a matchup. Like All that right. kind of party. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. He's pompous. Listen, shut up, and I'll tell you the story. He's arrogant. Do you think there's a lot of things out there that I wouldn't be good at? And sometimes he's downright mean. I know you know what that's like, to be that uncomfortable, pimply-faced, not very popular kid. (laughs) But now it's your chance to prove him wrong. It's dumb. Call 800-919-3776 with your question, and let's stump. Dave Rothenberg. I mean, you can try. Many have, as Ty just told us, 31 consecutive answers correct. Stump Rothenberg, 9870 ESPN, brought to you by Slowman's. Ty, we now turn the calendar into February. Could you give me the uh, updated standings on the year so far, please? We are 50 and 7. And that only incorporates the Saturday Stump Rothenberg. Just the Saturday Stump Rothenberg. Does not include what seems to be a very well-run Wednesday at 645 Stump Rothenberg. Seems to be. Seems to be. See, not not at the same level, because like I've said before, you do a better job than, than um <laughs> I don't like when you do that. I don't like when you do that. Well, that's honest. RJ is my friend. RJ is a great guy. RJ does many things better than you. Handling Stump Rothenberg would not be one of those things. Let's focus on the important stuff. You were 12-0 and 0 last week. Oof. Uh, so it's a, it's a blistering streak you're on. 50 and 7 today. Let's see what you can do. This really is remarkable. All right, should we start? Uh, let's do it. Now, do you find all the people that are lined up have good, solid questions? Good, and on the degree of difficulty level, level scale, I would say some of them are, like, hovering around 9.5. Okay. But but not, none of these, like that one guy who calls, is like, there was a man who once climbed Everest who then broke his leg on the way down and tore an, an ACL. Who was that? There was a right. man who walked on the moon, but right before he did that, he called his uncle. What was his uncle's name? Yeah, we, we don't have those questions no, today. No, we don't. All right, I can't stand that guy. All right, are you ready? <laughs> You've made that clear before. And well, you know what? Him. I'm honest, if nothing else. Luke in Connecticut. Luke, lead us off. You're on Stump Rothenberg. What's up, Dave? What's right. up, Luke? I tried movies. I tried movies, tried music, and you got me. Let's go back to sports. Okay. Uh, Who's the current NFL Iron Man? I think. Can this be a a punter or a kicker? No. Uh, That's the last clue. You know who no, it used wh- to be? What? It used to be Russell Wilson. That ended. It was season. Russell Wilson, and it was also um, it was Philip Rivers too before he retired. I think Jeff Fegels. See, I I thought the answer was Mason Crosby. But you say it's not a punter or kicker. Was it Whitworth? But he just missed time also. It definitely was Philip Rivers. It was Russell Wilson, but he never missed time. 
And I think Andy Dalton was up there, too. But he was benched and didn't. Come on, Dave. I'm a UPS driver. You're holding up packages. Listen, I don't care. All right? They can wait a few minutes. All right, you're the one that called me with the question. I'm trying to get it right. Oh, God. I don't, I don't know that I know. Um, I hate that I might not get this. That was Russell Wilson. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess, and I don't think I'm right. Matt Ryan. Oh, this is how it feels to be you, huh? No, the Dominic and Sue. The Dominic and Sue. All right. <laughs> That's 0-1-1. Put him on hold. It's a good question, too. It's a tough. It's a legitimate it, question. You know how impressive it is for a defensive player to, to hold that crown? It's, it's, yeah. It's almost tough. Not almost. It is tougher to, to be on defense and hold that, that title. Um, That stinks. All right. That's what a shame. Really puts a damper on the whole segment, doesn't it? <laughs> what a baby. You just won what? What did we say? 30, 31 straight? Man, who wants to start at 0-1-1? That's fine. Hopefully we'll be back here. Dan, Danny Long Island. Danny, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Good morning, gang. Stump Rothenberg, Super Bowl edition. All right. My question, Dave, is only three times in the history of the Super Bowl have we had matchups presenting two teams that have never been to the two organizations that had never been to the big game before. Can you tell me the last time we had a Super Bowl with two organizations making their first visit to the game? Whoa. The last time it happened... All right. I mean, let's let. I mean, I'm sorry, Ty. This is what we're gonna have to do. Uh, Tampa had been. They beat Kansas City. Who had been? Kansas City had been prior to that. New England and the Rams. Yes, Philly was. New England. Atlanta. Now let me ask you a question. Are you looking at a list or are you doing it off the top of your head? My head. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, prior to that was Denver, Carolina. Denver obviously had been there a million times. See, we can't have a New England one. Seattle. No, but Seattle played Denver. Baltimore. I'm sorry. This is what we have to do. <laughs> now, Listen, when, we, when we say, hang on a second. Indianapolis never had, but but Baltimore had. No, but Indy, Indy had prior, right? Indy had um, just two years earlier when they beat Chicago. So forget that. Giants, Patriots, no. So this is going back a ways. Uh, New England, no. How about the Rams and Tennessee? The Rams and Tennessee. Now, would the Rams count from when they went in L.A. or no? Yes, they would because it's the same organization. Okay. It's the same name of the team. Oh, then that's not the answer. Um, oy, oy, oy. Solid thought process, though. Uh, this is going to – all right, let's see. Washington, Buffalo, Washington had been. Giants had been prior. San Fran, Denver had been. Who was before? That was San Fran, Cincinnati before that. And San Fran and Cincinnati had already played before in the Super Bowl. Washington had been when they went in 88. They'd been prior. Giants – but Denver had been prior. Chicago, New England. Chicago, New England. 
85 season, 86 game. Chicago had never been. New England had never been. Final answer, Chicago, New England. You know, I felt like I was in a horror movie. I had a great hiding spot, and you kept getting closer and closer. <laughs> and I realized at some point that I'm dealing with a Freddy Krueger, and he is going to find me hiding in the back of the closet, and the answer is correct. <laughs> See, now what you just got to witness was, was have you ever seen the movie A Beautiful Mind? So, I, okay, continue. Where sure. he's putting all these formulas and stuff on the board, and 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 people are wowed at the genius that the Russell Crowe character, I, I believe his name is is it John Nash, was able to produce. That's what you just saw there. Beautiful analogy by uh, Danny on Long Island about the horror film. Uh, second, you're supposed to allow others to compliment you. I don't think you should be complimenting yourself and telling. All right, so what do you think about is. getting that one right the way I did? It was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. But leave it for, you know, leave it to Jake. Leave it to the audience. Okay. Leave it to well, you know, because Mas- I don't think you do that for me. Leave it to Fran and Massapequa before, you know, he asks this question. He's got a 30-second soliloquy on how great you are. All right. Let, let's go. Now, we had, we had real words yesterday, but I still adore him. Uh, Cullum in the Bronx. Cullum, you're on Stump Rothenberg. David, we'll, we'll leave that in the past. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about it on Monday, but just... I love you. You can say whatever you want about me. Just leave my chi- unborn child out of it. Well, it, it was. I only. I'm not going to do this. If you want to call Monday, we can we can revisit that. But go ahead, Colin. All right, we'll talk about it Monday. All right. My question is, which film became the first directed by a woman to gross more than a hundred million in the U.S. box office? So I think, what was the one? Uh, the Hurt Locker. I think that would probably be up there. How about the well, the Godfather Three wasn't because that was she starred in it. Um, what else? I wonder if Penny Marshall. Penny Marshall was a big female director, and Catherine Bigelow I think is the name I'm thinking of, but I don't know if she grossed a hundred million. I don't know if it was the first. Did Penny Marshall direct League of Their Own? Because I think she directed Big. Hmm. The first, correct? Yes. The first. I'm going to go with Big, and I feel somewhat confident, but not all the way inconfident. No, you're correct, Dave. It's the movie Big. Yes. Two and one. All right. You remember when I said moments ago, Ty, I didn't feel very good about things? Yeah, and in shocking that you got two correctly. And now I, you feel feel much, I feel much better right now. Big baby. Uh, all right. Dave in, Dave in Queens. Dave, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Dave, thanks. Thank you, staff. What's the sponsor today? Uh, Slowman's. Slowman's. Slowman's Shield. Been around a long time. Very Shlomans, long time. Um, yeah, I never had them, but if I uh, needed them, I would have uh, called, called Cohen to represent me. If I had somebody break in my house, I would have would have had you Slowman's, you know? Uh, I do. But, I get um, it. The whole thing. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I got to do acting again. Um, the first black male actor to uh, win the Best Supporting uh, Oscar. And I'll tell you why I asked this question if you get it. 
So what role are we looking for? No, the first um, actor to win um, Best Supporting Actor, that was um, African-American, a black man, black actor. Mm, to win it? I, yeah. I think Lou Gossett Jr., 1982, would be my answer. You got it. I uh, asked this question. You got it right, sir. I asked this question because uh, Flores reminds me of Louis Gossett Jr. in that role, <laughs> Brian Flores. That's why I uh, asked it. It was on my mind. I'm sorry. Just his facial expressions in that, in that movie. So that's why I asked it. Thank you. Well, all right. Well, there you have it. And I believe that was an officer and a gentleman tie. Uh, Deborah Winger, Richard Gere. You're on a roll, my friend. Yeah. And then I butter. think the next one to win after that was Denzel Washington. Now you're just stunting on him, huh? Um, yeah. I'm trying to think who else. Now you're just hanging on the rim. No, I can't. I can't. I'd have to think for, for more. But that, that, so that's three and one, yes? It is three and one. Uh, okay. Let's go to, uh, now see, here's what I don't like. Hickey Haynes, who I do like. But he says there needs to be a clock on Stump Rothberg. If Jeopardy allowed this, each episode would be three hours long. Do you find the questions to be more gettable on Jeopardy or on Stump Rothenberg? Wow. That's high praise for yourself. Well, no. The questions here are much harder than the Jeopardy questions. You're basically saying you're smarter than everyone who's ever no, appeared I'm not. on Jeopardy. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying the questions on Stump Rothenberg are harder than the questions on Jeopardy. But he's got a point here. I'm mean, no. up against the clock. Listen, then don't ask these impossible questions. Ask a question, then I can get quicker. Ask easier questions, yes. That's right. That's Some of the questions on Jeopardy are simple. Punt on the segment, because what we want to do— All right, do uh, Jake, you know what? Let's shut him up. Are you ready? I know you have a question. I'm ready, Dave. All right. I, I apologize I, that he's doing this. <laughs> I think I have a good question. All right. I told you until the Super Bowl, You're it's going all football. NFL. Correct. So Super Bowl 56 next Sunday, we have the Rams versus the Bengals. Mm -hmm. This is only the second time in NFL history— that both quarterbacks in the big game were former number one overall picks. Who were the two quarterbacks in the only other Super Bowl that this happened? Cam Newton, Peyton Manning. See, when you get it that quick, then the people, there's, we got to figure something out. Because what do you, what sometimes you, you take to too long out? or too short. I want people to play along a little bit too. So give it like maybe two or three I can't seconds. win with you guys. I get him too quick. It's not fair. It was too quick. It takes forever. It's not fair. It's taking too long. What are you looking for? Well, I know you're looking for the buzzer, so here you go with that. But I love Stump. You know I love Stump. Throughout the entire week, I look for a good question to ask you. But one of the parts of Stump that I love, I mean, it's always great when you get it in .1 second. But as a listener, I like to play along. So give me like one second to at least think about the question. But great job by you. It is Cam Newton I, I, and I Peyton know. Manning. I, I, I feel so, like a kid who's being admonished <laughs> for something. That all right, no, wrong. great job. I'm, I'm not going to even be mad, but I'm more mad that you got it so quickly. Cam Sorry. Newton, as Jake says, Cam Newton. Newton. Uh, all right, 1-800-919-3776. Rick did the show Newton this past week, by the way. It was, <laughs> What's it was that a about? Lot. It was a lot. All well, right. You guys are on Zoom. That's very... Uh... Very troubling. We left off at, I believe, 4-1. and one. Is that correct, Ty? Uh, that would be correct, my friend. People sending me tweets like friends of their friends are sending them messages saying this guy is unbelievable. Unbelievable. How does he do it? All right. Four and one. Deep breath. Fred in Fresh Meadows. Fred, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, Dave. Thanks for taking the call. You're very welcome, um, Fred. This, this one-time Nick played on both an NBA title team and a World Series champion. Oof. 
Is he a name that people know? Yes. So he was an all-star in one of those two sports. Well, it's ob- so, I mean, so, so give this to me again. So he won a championship with the Knicks and a World no, Series title I, as well. I, I, didn't, I didn't say that. I said this one-time Nick. He played for the Knicks. All right, so one-time Nick. Right. He played right, on so. both an NBA, an NBA title team mm-hmm. and or a World Series champion. I don't think I'm going to. So one time Nick won an NBA title and a World Series title as well. And I know Gene Conley, but I think he was he won the College World Series and not the actual World Series. I'm gonna get it wrong. I will guess Gene Conley, but I don't think that's correct. Dave, you are amazing. That's not right. Gene Conley is right. That's right. Oh my God! I'm I amazed myself. You're wowed by your own intelligence. I because it was an absolute guess, and I didn't I didn't even think he won a World Series. (laughs) Good Lord, you're good. I can't believe it, Ty. (laughs) I can't believe I'm so. Oh my God! I can't believe it's not butter. Well, I can't believe you remember that. All right, wow. I I am really just. High levels of genius today. Okay. Uh, what are we, 5-1? 5-1, and one? Five and one, baby. Now, there's a chance. Uh-oh. Now, do you want to go to, to this this uh, question from Staten Island, or do you want to go right into the— uh, Let's do it. Come on. That's, that's not—that's not— I'm not going to get it, though, let's, and you know that, and that's why you want it. Let's not refrain from taking calls just because you're unfamiliar with that territory. I have a little familiarity, let's but not a this. lot. Jordan, Staten Island. Jordan, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Good morning, Dave. So I have a WNBA question. Yeah, okay. So there have been three franchises that have won four championships. One of them is the Houston Comets, who are no longer a team. Can you name the other two? Uh, it's not. Oh, God. The Sun. How about the Seattle? Seattle Storm? That's one. Oh, I, I, was, I was just spitballing there. But the, all right, I'll take that. Oh. Have the Minnesota Lynx also won four? Yes, that's correct. Oh. Oh. Ty, take questions. You don't know that. I know everything. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that's such an evil yeah. laugh. I don't like when you're guessing and they just like, yeah, you're right. Like, I, don't think I, I was spitballing. The Storm did it with, they had a, was it, I forget her name, Laura Jackson. She was like 7-2. Yeah, you watched that game. Nude. Nude. Uh, all right, what do, what are we now? Six and one. Six and one, baby. This is unbelievable. From an zero and one start. Now we're gonna go back to that guy. And we'll see. He's gonna try for the daily double. Luke, Connecticut. The floor is yours. Don't let me down. Oh man, there's the pressure. Now make I'm it a little, good one. Don't ask me nervous. some obscure guy nobody's ever heard of, Luke. No, I'm nervous because you mentioned him earlier. So I don't know if you're gonna if you know where he went. Uh, Kyle Williams of the 49ers, the one who dropped the punt. 
Kyle Williams, whose dad, in fact, was uh, Ken Williams. Ah, uh, come on, don't just do it if you know it. <laughs> what I don't understand. What What is your problem here? Ah, <laughs> uh, you you know you milk it, you show off, and then you get it right. Go ahead, Arizona State. Yeah, yeah, you got it. You're such a show off, Dave. How so? I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. Just, I answer it so quickly, then Jake gets upset. I I, I, I drag it out a little, a little bit, now Kyle gets upset. Like, what am, what am I supposed to do? You can't win, man. You I can't, can't win. win with you people. All right, you ready? This uh, is, what are we at, 7-1? and one? We're 7-1. and one. This All right, is let's close a, it off with a bang NBA here. NBA trade deadline edition of Ooh. the round robin. Guys, Sexy. link to rumors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we begin with big fan of the show. He listens from Indiana. Miles Turner. Miles Turner. I know this. I think he went to Texas. You're not paid to think. You're paid to know. Texas, yeah. All right. You're correct. His teammate, DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, Gonzaga. Wow, that was pretty easy. Uh, All right, let's go here. Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn. You you expect Kendrick Nunn to be traded at the deadline, huh? Ah, it could be a nice little Kendrick Nunn-Russell Westbrook package for uh, Evan Fournier, Mitchell Robinson. We could have some fun between the Lakers and Knicks at the deadline. I think he, I think he transferred. Just give me one of the schools he went to. One of the schools, I believe I can do both. I think he started at Illinois. And then transfer to Oakland University in Michigan. And if that is your belief, your belief is correct. My <laughs> Can't quite figure this one out. But John Collins also linked to some trade rumors. John Collins, who, by the way, I, I like him. I think he's he's a, a very nice player. He's an excellent player. Uh, He went to Wake Forest. That would be correct, my friend. <laughs> Now, let's end this with a guy who won't be traded, but he's definitely been linked to some rumors. Celtics own Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. Did he go to Cal? I think he did. I'm confident that he went to Cal. I'm going to go with that. How depressing would it be for you if you got this question wrong? Like, would it be deflating? Like, would you do the Yeah, next but I don't hour? think I did. I'm confident that he went to Cal. Played one year at Cal. And you'd be correct, my friend. Yeah. So that ends up at what? You're 12 and 1. 12 and 1. The one blemish happened at the beginning, so it almost makes it more impressive that you were able to We're rebound. back to a 12-game winning streak. <laughs> we're back to a 12 We're, we're after DiMaggio again. <laughs> Look out, Joe. 12-game winning streak after a 12-0 and 0 last week. It's time for a frenzy. <laughs> a football frenzy. You could say that 10,000 times and it still wouldn't be enough. It fires me up, man. I love it. Say it one more time. A football frenzy. Any team, any player, any question. All right, it's the football frenzy. RJ Bell. RJ, you were you were slow to warm to the frenzy, weren't you? Yeah, I, I, I'm skeptical. I've always said the average person is below average. But you've, so, you've, you've fallen in love with the frenzy. I think there's something about New York City. It just it, 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 it rise, The cream rises to the top. If you can make it there, Dave, you can make it anywhere. I've heard about that. I've heard about that. All right. I, I, must, I must say, quickly, I have a Tom Brady take that we can do at the end or whenever 
that is, it, it's going to be historic, all right? You're going to want to tape it. You're going to want to save it. And then we'll have a parade when I'm right. All right. Here's what I would like to have happen. We'll do the frenzy. And then at the end of the frenzy, before we say goodbye, you'll give your historic take on one Tom Brady. I, I need two and a half minutes. Deal. Let's go. Fran Massapequa. Fran, you're on the frenzy. I bet Cincinnati every game in the playoffs. Give me a couple of reasons why I shouldn't or should bet them in the Super Bowl. That's a sneaky way to get a pick. So no, he, he's not he said giving, he he's, no, he's not looking for for a pick. He's looking for you just to give him some some reasons for on each side of the fence here. Isn't that on each side? Okay, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, he I said didn't why he I said should he, or shouldn't take the Bengals here. What? Well, <laughs> All right. So with the shirt, I love it. Listen, he's uh, he's always he's like the guy waiting for the Springsteen tickets back in the day. First in line, I love it. Um, okay, I think should is Burrow, right? Is uh, that seems obvious, but really, let's be candid. Is he's as we talked about last segment, he's done something that is very difficult to do. Very difficult. You know, something that allowed him to change the culture. There's nothing about his quality of play on the field. Uh, which is fine, but it's not amazing. I mean, look at his QBR. It's the fact he's that he's good. A culture. Come on, he's really, really good. Uh, he is, but I mean, if you ju- if you look at nothing but his QB stats, is he what eighth, ninth best QB in the league? Maybe, but if but, I was dr- if yeah. I was taking any quarterback in the league right now, I'm not taking him right eighth or ninth. Isn't that my point? That the stats say eighth or ninth, but you that seems ridiculously bad, and thus there's something about him as a winner and, and, and as a culture setter. I agree 100%. The flip side is the Rams are just a clearly better team. If you remove the quarterbacks, who's better, Stafford or Burrow? I think Burrow. But statistically? You, statistically, you can, you, can, you can dissect it however you want. Uh, Burrow, to me, is the Well, no, no. There are some objective things there. I mean, QBR is based upon EPA, expected points added. And, and uh, the best EPA in the league this year is Burrow. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me, Stafford. So, listen, I'm a, I'm a Burrow guy. I don't like Stafford. But let's admit there's something mystical about it. I'm not and saying Stafford's you know not good. I think Stafford's very good. But if you ask me who would I rather have, I don't think for a second. It's Burrow. But if you did a blind resume, you would pick Stafford and want to be close. You know what? Look at what this guy has done with the franchise he's with. But, but Dave, you're making my point. I but agree. Touchy... All right. Then we're in agreement, buddy. All right. You were supposed to give each side of the fence. You didn't do that. You got to this Burrow Well, you kept badgering here. me, and, and I was saying such an obvious point. You kept saying, yeah, but I like Burrow. My my, stum- my tummy tells me to like Burrow. And it's like, I agree. Okay. Remember that Brady point Rams- you had? You remember that Brady point? Yeah. 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 You could, maybe next week we'll do that. Well, you know something, Dave? That would only punish your audience. And, and you know, if you did that, oh, that would stink for them. But I don't it think really you will, would. though. And I'm all about with the, the Rams. People. With the Rams quickly, is they're just the better team. And don't forget, they've gotten better with Miller. They've gotten better, obviously, with OBJ. And, uh, you know, if they can come together, this is kind of a team in hindsight. We're going to say, wow, why don't we acknowledge how good they were? I think that's the two angles. Uh, Anthony Long Island, you're on the frenzy, Anthony. Who is the next coach of the Dolphins and is Ross out? Uh, Boy, that's a good question. Ross, um, 
I, I think you could argue he should be. And if there's proof, it's going to be hard for him to stay. But I don't know. This boys club of NFL owners always seems to find a way. So I will say he's not out. This is my opinion. RG, you can answer in a second. I'll say he's not out. I don't think their next head coach is the offensive coordinator. Is it McDaniel from the Niners is where I'll go. What do you got? Well, let me ask you this. Are we talking about the $100,000 bounty on losses? Yes. Okay. Personally, I think that is a, you know, is, and again, I'm not an attorney, but I think that's a federal crime is what we're talking about I agree, there. but here's the thing. Can they actually prove that that's true, or is that my word against your word? It's like anything else, and I don't think they can because my guess is whenever you say you have evidence but you don't give it, it's a sign you got something that, that sniffs evidence, like you know, some contemporaneous email he wrote to someone else. Let's say I'm guessing that says, hey, can you, he offered me 100 But it doesn't mean anything. It's hearsay. So it might sway public opinion is what I bet. But imagine if he had the evidence, if he came with it, how much bigger the story would be. If so he my actually guess is had not. hard proof, it's hard to envision that Stephen Ross continues to own the Dolphins. Well, it's hard to envision he's free. I mean, I, I mean, if you really think about it, and this is something I predicted a couple times. I'm going to do it one more time. We're going to see major criminal cases against people who are lying about injuries. There's anything that involves the betting market. People are going to wake up at some point soon that this is like the stock market. There's billions being bet. And if you lie about things this, or yeah. if you try to influence the game, you're talking about billions of dollars. Let, let me ask you this. For argument's sake, I have a money line wager two years ago on the Dolphins, right? And uh-huh. I lose, I'm making up $100,000. And then it turns out that Stephen Ross has intentionally thrown the game. I, I might be wrong. Could I not sue him and, and try to recoup my I, money I, from him? I think it's even bigger. I think you could do a class action suit in which you start it, and then anyone else who had that bet can attach themselves. Yeah, I, I think you probably could. All right, let, let's go along here. Andy in Queens. Andy, you're on the frenzy. RJ, you see any value in the Super Bowl MVP lines? Okay, so th- that's always a debate because oftentimes the quarterbacks, and let's use Burrow as an example, can be used as a proxy for the team. So they'll look at the team and say, oh, okay, you can get plus 180 on the Bengals, but I could get better than that on Burrow. You know, there's a concept called fat tails, and there's a normal distribution, not to get too mathematical here, but the, like, the edges are the extremes, the unlikely events. Well, humans always, uh, there's a book called The Black Swan that talks about how we always underestimate the chance of extreme things happening if we've never saw them. But if we see them, we actually overestimate the chance of things happening. So in general, humans aren't very good assessing the likelihood of unlikely events. In fact, that's what I try to all day. I'm trying to do better than my inclinations are as a human mind because we're all just human. And so thus, I guess my ultimate point is I think that people think that the non-quarterbacks don't have any chance. But in truth, they do. So I'd be careful of only focusing on the quarterbacks. But that means you might go 10 years and lose the whole time. But if the 11th year you win and it's 20 to 1, well, you've made money. It's just the old saying, Dave, is I might be dead by the time we reach <laughs> the long term. Yeah, you got to be very patient. Lastly on the frenzy, John in L.A. John, have at it. It's been three years in a row since the Super Bowl has gone uh, under. 
is this finally the year that's going to go over? Should I just hammer it over this year? Oh, RJ, Thank isn't you. that a dumb, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, but isn't it a dumb way to, to ever bet? Oh, this has happened four years in a row, so I'll just go the other way solely because it's happened this many times in the past? Okay, so, the Graham, we could spend a show on this. Uh, first off, in general, I would say yes, meaning that the most recent, it's, you know, recency bias, you hear that, is if you walk up to roulette and you see, and there's a reason they put those, the numbers up, red or black, and what the number was, where they publish it, right? They, they display it because people have different theories. Some say, oh, it's three straight reds, it's going red. Or others say, oh, blacks do. But here's the two times you're, you know, I disagree with you, Dave. One is, if it's like 25 out of 28 reds, then statistically it's not significant yet, but there might be something wrong with the wheel. And thus, if you have to bat, wouldn't you go red anyway? Because the theory is it's 50-50, so if something is 28 or 25 out of 28, it's either still 50-50 or there's a bias in your favor. So once numbers get extreme, that's what you're trying to do as a handicapper is find occurrences that are extreme. But I think there's one more thing that makes the Super Bowl different quickly, which is it's unlike any game. I'll give you an example. Safety, right? There's something where, and I'm just going by memory here, but I think it's one out of 20 games in the NFL there's a safety. And thus the odds for the Super Bowl would always be about, you know, that. Where, where that was the assumption. But remember, there's been like four safeties in the last like eight years. Why? Because teams are so nervous. That they have, remember, Brady threw the long pass and, and got the intentional grounding. The ball was snapped over Peyton Manning's head. Those things don't happen, typically. But the nerves cause people. So what I would say is whenever you're, you're looking at what's happened recently, if you can explain it with nervousness, it probably is more meaningful than you think. And I'll give you an example. Last one is scoring in the first quarter is always low, low, low. Oh, remember the whole thing, Brady never had a touchdown? Right. Because everyone's so nervous that they don't want to make a mistake, so they're very conservative. That is different in the Super Bowl than any other game. All right, let's, let's end the frenzy. Jake, blow this one dead. Uh, RJ, you said you had a, a Brady statement. I joked with you that I wouldn't let you say it, but you made me feel guilty, and, and I don't want to. I don't want to deprive well, just, the, the listeners of, of your Brady take. So go ahead. But here's the thing. I'll let you decide, Dave, but it can't be rushed. It needs two and a half minutes. Should we do it now or after the break? Well, are you are – you, no, let's do it now because I want to I let you I, go. I just want to make sure. I want to no, make I, sure. I respect okay. that. Can I, can I guess what your take is going to be? Yes. That Brady will sit out a year and come back with the Niners the following season. Close. Come back right. the following what do you got? season. What do you got? Okay. Here's why, and I mean, here, here's the rationale. And, and again, I, w- I was on uh, Boston radio talking about this yesterday, and they half, of, you know, they, they have a big like four man show where half of them said, "Oh, that makes sense." Half did. So I'm not saying everyone loves it, but I put this out there a little bit. Okay, it's my assumption that Bruce Arians and Brady have a conflict. I think it's very telling that after the A-B situation, Antonio Brown, the B-A, Bruce Arians in this case, look for, look for Brady's support statement. It really wasn't – I mean, it was – you know, it, let's just say it wasn't strong, right? I can't find an example of strong support. After they lost that game, there was a talk of internal conflict, a lot of conflict here. Right? And then Brady retires within six days of the last game 
before the conference championships when it, a guy that doesn't want to that doesn't want to like he likes his attention but he doesn't want to be talked about instead of the games that week it shows like a and he's such a deliberate person it would you agree Dave that it seemed very rushed uh yeah but I don't know that he wanted that to be um thrown out there either I think it was a little premature for him well but still he wouldn't have been someone in his camp told Darlington or whatever Correct. because it was already finalized. He could have been internal about it till at least this week when, you know, but either way, it felt quick and it felt like he didn't support AB. So what would be the next thing? Maybe he'd go to the 49ers. That's what I thought initially. But you know what? He would look like he's title hunting, right? If he went and did it one more time, it would, it would kind of diminish the Tampa Bay win if he was just jumping from team to team that were good because Tampa's going to fall apart this year, all right? So Tampa falls apart. Brady gets all the acclaim, the parades, the retiring. He takes a year in which he's not taking any punishment. He trains harder than ever. Now, why does he want to play one more year? Because his stated goal was to play to 45. Why? It's unequivocal he was at minimum the second-best quarterback in the league this year. You agree with that, right? 100%. Okay. Who retires when they're the second-best quarterback? Elway he was he won a super bowl but he wasn't he wasn't even in his top 15 at that point he was slightly below average probably so was Peyton Manning at the end brady's no not near that he'll get there soon i'm sure but i think that the year off will make him at least as physically fit as he would have been this upcoming year and then he gets to pick his team he, it's a huge deal it's like jordan returning after baseball Jordan gets all the hand-wringing when he leaves, and he gets all the love when he comes back. Then it's one last season. It's a parade on the way out. Wow. All right. If that happens, what we do you will, think? We, I, I think it's great. Uh, and I, I actually would go one further. I think the Niners. How about this? Trey Lance struggles, and then Brady comes back, takes that job for one year, and then, and then Lance uh, resumes the quarterbacking for the Niners. And, and him going back to his hometown team? You, yep. You're right. And let's be, be honest, Trey Lance struggling would not be a shock. No, not to anybody. RJ, go. Go storm the buffets. You have 20 minutes that you don't usually have for yourself. I appreciate you. We'll do this next week where you give us all your wonderful selections. Thank you, Dave.